Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast. Pleased to be with you. Uh, today we'll be on the Revelation Unveiled in the outline. It will be on chapter 14, which is at the bottom, or about, I'm sorry, about the top third of page 18, if you're following along in the outline. But before we begin, let's remember 1 John one nine as may or may not be necessary. Guide us and direct us now, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, chapter 14, book of Revelation. Though chapter 14 describes many events taking place in heaven, they are all related to the tribulation. We find the 144,000 Jewish evangelists, angels, and raptured saints celebrating because the end is drawing near. This chapter could be juxtaposed with chapter 19 and 20 because clearly Christ is described as coming to earth with vengeance on his mind. Chapters 15, 16, 17, and the last half of 18 are a divertissement dealing with the vile judgments described as coming to earth with vengeance. Chapters 15, 16, 17, and 18 are a, again, diverted mild dealing with the vile judgments taking place in the last half of the tribulation. Within these intervening chapters, we also find not only a description of terrible drama descending in the form of judgment on not only a earth uh, and a description of terrible trauma descending, of course, on the earth. Within these intervening chapters, we also find terrible drama in the form of judgment in general that details are provided about the judgment of both political and ecumenical Rome, and particularly in chapter 18, the new Babylon on the Shinar Plain in what is now called Iraq. Demonic activity gets the armies on the Shinar Plain in what is now called Iraq, moving across what we would call the Middle East. Demonic activity gets these armies ready for battle. Demonic activity gets these armies of the world 
to what some might call Death Valley and their rendezvous with Christ and his angelic army. All right, David, take over and let's see what we can find in chapter 14, verse 1. As I was looking heavenward, I saw Christ as the Lamb of God standing on Mount Zion, the millennial city of God. And with him were the original 144,000 Jewish evangelists. They had the name of Christ and the name of God, the Father, on their foreheads. Then I heard a sound from the heaven that was like a roaring flood or loud thunder, accompanied by the music of many harps. And I also heard a song being sung before the throne of God, and standing before the throne were the four special angels earlier seen. And with them were the church-age saints earlier raptured. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had functioned so nobly during the tribulation. All of those before the throne were, were declared to be pure and perfect. Interestingly, only the 144,000 could learn the song, for they had been preserved as God's special representatives. The 144,000 were also called the fruits of God. They had refused to worship in the whore church. In heaven, they could be seen following the lamb wherever he went. The whore church was that very popular ecumenical body headquartered in Rome and allied with the Antichrist. This was the very large and wealthy Christian church to which many nominal and real Christians belonged. The 144,000 were as pure as the driven snow and worthy of special praise. And then I saw an angel. He would sweep across the sky, dipping down in slow descent to the earth, periodically announcing the good news of Christ and pending return when he would judge. All those living on planet earth. His message was made clear to all people of every race and nation. All mankind was once again declared to be without excuse. David, you're going to have to let me turn this over to you. My back is just not ready to do a lesson. Go for it, my man. I will, and we're all praying you get better. GJ, prayers for Pastor Merritt, please. Back is really flaring up, and it's going to be a, much like the last one, a long and slow recovery. Let's continue. Chapter 14, verse 7. The angel shouted, Worship and honor God. The time has come for him to judge everyone. Kneel down before the one who created the heavens and the earth, the oceans, the sea, and all things therein. A second angel was next seen. He cried out to the people of the earth a great prophecy of what would later take place. Fallen, fallen is ecumenical Rome. Fallen, fallen is political Rome, both of whom caused the nations to partake of her horrific apostasies. A third angel followed the first two, shouting, as it flew behind the other two angels. If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark, they will drink of the wine of God's fury which will be poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. Unbelievers will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the elected angels and the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. 
and the smoke of their torment will rise and never end. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image, or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. The trials and tribulations of this age call for patient endurance on the part of the saints. These saints will obey God's commandments and remain faithful to the Lord Jesus. Their loyalty and perseverance will be miraculously accomplished. It is for this they were created and predestined, to live and function as faithful citizens of the tribulation. Then I, John, heard a voice say, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Holy Spirit of God. They will rest in heaven from their labors on earth. Their divine good, which was so hard to come by in the economy of the tribulation, will follow them as an eternal reward. I again looked up and suddenly, right there in my face was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. He looked much like as when I knew him on earth, said John, but there were differences. He wore a crown of gold on his head and he held a sharp sickle in his hand. Then I saw an angel. Like those earlier seen, he came out of the temple and screamed in a loud and excited voice. He was screaming at the Lord Jesus who was still sitting on the cloud. The angel cried out, Take your sickle and reap, because God the Father had said it is time to harvest both the wheat and the tares. The tares are overripe and more than ready for judgment. So Christ swung his sickle over the earth, and the wheat was harvested from the fields, leaving only the ripened tares separated and ready for destruction. The wheat, representing the believers, was taken into the millennium to enjoy perfect environment. Another angel of the same kind was seen coming from the temple in heaven. And this angel, like Christ, also had a sharp sickle. Then I, John, saw another angel coming out of the temple. This was the angel who was responsible for maintaining the perpetual fire in the altar of incense located outside the Holy of Holies. He cried out in a loud voice to the Lord Jesus, who was still sitting on the cloud. Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine. They are ripe and ready for the harvest. The angel ordered the harvesting of grapes. He and his angelic army swooped down on planet earth where a violent harvesting occurred. The grapes were thrown into the great winepress of God's wrath. They were trampled in the winepress outside the city of Jerusalem and blood flowed out of the winepress rising as high as the horse's bridles for a distance of 200 miles. The armies of the world, earlier gathered to destroy Israel, were made to drink of the wrath of God. All right, let's continue with chapter 15. I'm on the bottom quarter of page 19 in the outline. The wrath of God comes to planet Earth. Verse 1. I, John, then saw in the third heaven a third sign which was which even greater than the first two. It was awesome. There before me, my eyes were the seven angels with the seven last plagues. I'm talking about the last seven vials. These vials or bold judgments represented God's final and complete wrath. And then I saw 
what was like an earlier seam, a sea of glass. But this time the crank the tranquil sea was mixed with fire and judgment. Standing beside the sea were numerous saints martyred in the tribulation. These were those special believers who had refused to take the mark of the beast and had suffered for their decisions. They had been given harps by God, the Father, and they were preparing to play and sing praises to God. The martyred saints of the tribulation began to perform. They sang two songs over and over again. The first was a song of Moses recorded in the book of Exodus, and that's 15, verse 1 through 19. And the second was called the Song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are ye our deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the ages. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. And then I was given a vision of the heavenly temple. The veil separating the holy of holies from the holy place was open, and I could see the dark cherubim, golden censer, and mercy seat all illuminated by the Shekinah glory of God himself. Out of the holy of holies came the seven elect angels. Each had one of the seven last plagues. They were dressed in clean, shining white linen representing the righteous judgment of God, and they wore garments resembling that worn by the priest. Their white robes were bound with golden sashes tied around their chest. Then one of the four special elect angels, resident in the throne room of God, gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls in which they to carry the seven plagues. The vials were filled with the wrath of God Almighty. The entire temple area, to include both the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place, were filled with a cloud of smoke. No one could see to enter the temple, nor could they enter until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Planet Earth was about to feel the special wrath of God. Let's continue. Chapter 16, everything from painful sores to hundred pound hailstones descend from heaven during the last three and one half years of the tribulation. But planet earth ain't seen nothing yet. Chapter 16, verse one. I, John, then heard a loud voice coming out from the heavenly temple. The voice said to the seven angels, go. Pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath upon the earth. The first angel left the other six and headed toward planet earth where he poured out his bowl upon the land. Ugly and painful sores broke out on those who had the mark of the beast and had worshipped the Antichrist image. The second angel followed the first. He poured out his bowl on the seas of planet earth and they turned into coagulated blood. The congealed blood suffocated every living thing in the sea. The third angel peeled off toward the planet Earth to pour out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and these also became blood. Then I heard the elect angel in charge of the water say, You, Christ, are just and true in your judgments. All judgment has been given you, and you alone have earned that right. 
The leaders of planet Earth have shed the blood of your saints and your prophets. It is only fitting that you give them blood to drink. And I heard one of the covering angels who stood over the altar. Yes, Lord God Almighty, trust and just are you our judgments. The fourth angel left the third heaven and poured out his bowl on the sun, which became a vast ball of fire leaving its heavenly place. It slowly descended toward earth. As a ball of fire came near, a heavenly conflagration took place. The heat scorched only the unbelievers on planet earth. The unbelievers were seared by the intense heat. Their response to God's judgment was to curse the name of God. They refused to repent and glorify him. The fifth angel peeled off and poured out his vial in the city of Rome. The entire kingdom of the Antichrist was plunged into total darkness. The citizens of the kingdom sat in darkness, suffering from the pain of their sores and the terrible heat which exasperated their agony. As a result, they cursed the God of heaven because of their pain and sores. But even given their direct knowledge of the source of their judgment, they refused to repent of what they had done. The sixth angel peeled off and poured out his bowl, judgment on the river Euphrates. And its water dried up, preparing the way for the kings from the west. The oriental kings of the east moved a vast 200 million man army across the river where they deployed to wait further instructions. Then I saw three demons that looked very much like frogs. They came out of the mouth of Satan, out of the mouth of the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They performed miraculous signs and wonders before the kings of the earth. By demonic control and possession, the leaders of the world were persuaded to send their armies into the valley of Jezreel near Megiddo to await the battle to end all battles, the destruction of Israel being their ultimate goal. I, John, then heard the Lord Jesus Christ exclaim, Behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him, so that he does not go naked when all hell breaks loose. Then the kings assembled their armies to the place which is called in the Hebrew Armageddon. The seventh angel peeled off and poured his bowl into the air above the earth. From the throne located in the Holy of Holies came a loud voice saying, It is done. Then I saw flashes of lightning and heard great pales of thunder. A severe earthquake shook the planet. No earthquake like it had ever occurred. So tremendous was the damage. Jerusalem was split into three parts and the major cities of the world collapsed. God remembered Rome turning his special wrath upon her. The, the islands and mountains, much of the planet completely disappeared. Huge hailstones weighing approximately 100 pounds fell from the unbelievers' cursed God as they suffered his wrath. The demon-possessed Antichrist, however, gave hope to the world. Have faith. I have put together the ultimate coalition. All the armies of the world are moving toward Megiddo, where we will destroy once and for all Israel. 
I personally hope the promised return to the Christian Lord comes soon. The prophecies of the deluded Christians believe he will come soon to save his chosen people, Israel. I look forward to his return at Megiddo. We will utterly destroy him and his angelic army. This should be good. Let's continue on. Chapter 17. In chapter 17, we find a description of the rise and fall of international religion. The global church of Rome, her relationship with the revived Roman Empire is also described. Chapter 17, verse 1. One of the angels who had delivered one of the seven vials came over to me and said, Come over here. I want to show you the demise and punishment of the great prostitute, a metaphor for the global church of the tribulation. She is seen atop the many waters, a description of her close relationship with the international leaders of the world. The angel went on to say, With the global church and political leaders of planet Earth have committed spiritual adultery. The inhabitants of the Earth were intoxicated with the wine of her many indiscretions. This seems to be a metaphor to describe how impressed were the people of the planet with the global church of Rome and her false doctrines. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a vast wilderness. It was there I saw a woman, the global church, sitting on a scarlet beast representing the Satan indwelt Antichrist as the leader of the revived Roman Empire. The beast was covered with blasphemous names and he had seven heads representing the seven hills of Rome. The ten horns represented the ten nations making up a European federation. The world church and world government worked in close alliance. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and she glittered with gold, precious stones and pearls. The church was awash in wealth. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with the filthy and nasty things she had done. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of prostitutes and the abominations of the earth. I, John, saw that the global church was drunk with the blood of the believers of the tribulation. When I saw her, I was absolutely appalled, and I wondered what all this meant. Then the angel said to me, Why do you wonder as to whom she might be? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and the beast she rides. I will also explain the meaning of the seven heads and ten horns. The beast, which you saw, is Satan. He once operated in his own world under the permissive will of God, but during the millennial reign of Christ, he will be chained in a great abyss, but at the end of the millennium, he will be released for a short time. He will come up out of the abyss only to fail once again, and then he will go to his destruction. At the end of the millennium, all unbelievers will be called before the great white throne. Those unbelievers will be astonished when they see that Satan has been judged and placed forever in the lake of fire. 
Those unbelievers will be astonished when they see that Satan has been judged and placed forever in the lake of fire. To understand this verse requires a spiritual understanding. The seven heads are seven hills representing the seven hills of Rome where the global church is located. The seven kings are also seven empires. Six of the seven empires, Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and the first Roman Empire have fallen. The seventh empire, the revived Roman Empire, is yet to come. But when that seventh empire does come, it will only last for a short time. The revived Roman Empire is that empire headed by the Antichrist, a Satan indwelt political leader of the world. The beast, who once was and now is not, is Satan as the leader of the Seventh Empire, the revived Roman Empire. By indwelling the Antichrist, he will direct that which will occur in the world, but only under the permissive will of God. In God's timing, both the Seventh Empire together with its leaders will be destroyed. John is told, the ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom. These ten will come onto the international scene just after the rapture. They will rule their individual kingdoms. One of the leaders is the Antichrist. He comes from one of the smaller nations making up the ten. The Antichrist will soon take over rulership of all ten. The ten-nation federation under the Satan-indwelt Antichrist will become the international leader of planet Earth. At first, ruling all ten, but soon he will rule all ten and ultimately rule the entire world. The confederation under the leadership of the Antichrist will make war against our Lord. But the Lamb of God will overcome the Antichrist and his followers when he returns at his second advent. There will be no match for the Lord and Lord and kings of kings. Then the angel said to me, The water you saw, where the prostitute sits, are the various nations of the world. The Antichrist and the leader of the Ten Nation Federation will grow to hate the leader of the global church and her congregates. He decides the church is no longer useful, so he orders the execution of her leader and the destruction of her churches. Her followers are then required to worship only the Antichrist. This will occur in the middle of the tribulation. Additionally, the treaty with Israel is broken, and she too is no longer permitted to worship in her Fa temple. All of this is done under the permissive will of God. It was made clear to me the woman represented the global church, headquartered at Rome, and the beast was the Antichrist who ultimately turns against the global church, Israel, and all believers in Jesus Christ. Let's do one more chapter, chapter 18. We now turn to an account of the destruction of Babylon on the Shinar Plain after the Antichrist severs all ties with organized religion. He moves his headquarters to Iraq. The Shinar Plain is located south of Baghdad. 
This new city becomes the world's economic activity center. It is from here all commerce begins and ends. With the destruction of this city, there is great lamentation and concern, especially on the part of the world's business leaders made rich by their dealings with the Antichrist. Chapter 18, verse 1. It wasn't long before I saw a second angel coming down from heaven. From his appearance and general demeanor, he obviously had been given special authority. In fact, the entire horizon was illumined by his splendor. He cried out in a very loud voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. The city of Babylon is gone. It has become a home for demons and a place for every kind of evil spirit. It is now home for every kind of unclean and detestable bird. The nations of the world had participated with her in all sorts of pernicious and despicable commercial practices. The leaders of planet Earth had entered unto or into complicated and nefarious schemes designed to take advantage of those less fortunate and the industrial magnets had thereby acquired great wealth. Wealth beyond description. And then I, John, heard another voice coming from heaven. My people, come out of Babylon so that you do not participate in her sins. Also, I do not want to see you hurt by the plagues I am about to send. For you see, Babylon's sins have piled up even reaching to heaven itself. From her very beginning, she had participated in the most devious business practices. God has remembered her many sins. Babylon must be paid back, said the voice. In fact, she will be paid back double for what she has done. Mix her a drink of devastation and give her a double portion from her own cup. Distribute to her as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury she bestowed upon herself. Throughout the ages she has boasted, I sit as queen, I am not a widow, and I will never mourn. Accordingly, and one day I saw plagues will take over her, death, mourning, and famine were the order of the day. The city of Babylon was consumed by fire. For mighty and sovereign is the Lord God who has judged her. The various rulers of the nations who had gained great wealth from the evil practices of commercial Babylon were astounded and full of great sorrow. When they saw the smoke of the burning city, they cried uncontrollably. They could not believe their eyes. Terrified at what they saw, they refused to go to her aid, but rather they stood afar off and cried, Woe, woe, O great city, O Babylon, city of power. In such a short time you have been destroyed. The world's great men of commerce could be seen for several days thereafter weeping and mourning because no one bought their products. Their expensive trinkets made of gold, silver, precious stones, and pearls set alone and cold in their jewelry cases. Their fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth simply took up space on their shelves. Items made of citron wood and articles of ivory 
costly mahogany, bronze, iron, and marble were no longer purchased. There was no market for their cinnamon and spice, their incense, myrrh, and frankincense, their wine and olive oil. Fine flour and wheat were stacked in warehouses taking up space. Cattle and sheep, horses, carriages, and even their slaves could not be traded. Business leaders everywhere will grieve for Babylon, for she is no longer the great economic power who paid generously for the world's products. The world's riches and splendor soon vanish, never to be recovered. The merchants watched in horror as Babylon and her citizens cried out in pain. Even the inveterate industrial giants, these normally unflappable men of commerce, also wept and cried out, Woe, woe, O great city! You who once was dressed in fine linen, purple, and scarlet, you who once glittered with gold, precious stones, and pearls, you are now nothing but a city to be pitied. Your great wealth was washed away in a sea of fire, and it all happened so quickly. All you once were is now ruin. Every sea captain and all who traveled by ship, the sailors and all who earned their living from the sea, will stand far off wondering where to take their cargo. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will cry out, Was there ever a city like Babylon? The great sea captains and their crews who once enjoyed shore duty will weep and mourn and exclaim, Woe, woe, O oh great city! The owners of the great vessels who had become rich through trading with her, they will say, But it all happened so fast! Great Babylon is no longer. Will she ever stop burning? A voice from heaven orders those in heaven to rejoice. The economic machine over which the Antichrist indirectly ruled is now no more. Then a powerful angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone and threw it into the sea and said, With such violence, the great city of Babylon will one day be thrown down never to be seen again. The music of harpists and musicians, flute players and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No workman of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of millstone will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of a bridegroom and the bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants, world's great men, by your magic spell of all the nations were led astray. If you were found the blood of prophets, in you was found the blood of prophets, the blood of saints. God has measured you and found you wanting. Okay, I think we're going to stop it right there and we'll pick up with chapter 19 next time. And if you're marking your page, we're near the bottom of page 24. Sure appreciate you being with us today. And always, remember, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It is that easy. I'm going to see if I can uh, reach over here to my prone buddy and see if he'll give us a closing prayer. Hold on.
If you've not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, then you ought to do it right now because there is no better time. So right where you are, right where you sit, whatever you're doing, just tell God the Father, I am believing on God the Son. And our thanks to David for an excellent lesson. In Jesus' name, I pray. And now back to David. Okay, until next time, you know, so long.